You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Getting five is on the side. Because also, like, you wouldn't want five a five pound note, would you? Because then it's cash. You've got to deal with cash. Oh, yeah, I'd have to bring a little... Um, sort of the contactless terminal. Some square. Sum up. Sum up. It's the thing that they use in, um, what's it called? Quentin's Cafe. Quillian Brothers. Oh, what? The little, like, that plugs into an iPad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, those ones. Supports PayPal, too. <laughs> Is it Zettel? I Zettel. That's another competitor of Sum Up, yeah. Have you, did you see that, like, early, early days of contactless, there were people that would, like, have something set up with, like, the maximum contactless payment? And then we'll just go around like near people's pockets trying Tapping. to get the uh, transaction. Yeah. Mad. Um, it was only 30 quid, like though, wasn't it, back then? That protects your card from being so, wandered. In America, there is no limit. Really? They just And weirdly, contactless is not really a big thing here yet. Like, it's probably still a couple years off mass adoption. What? So are you it's still like chip and pin, or is it you have to sign the. So, there, there is some there is some signaturing going on. It depends where you're at, but I think so. LA is actually a lot more contactlessy. It's been very friendly to that uh, versus New York. New York, yeah, weirdly, New York is a lot of like insert card, pull out. Like it's a lot of that going. Not very not COVID friendly, is it? There, there was a guy that put up a blog post a while ago, like basically poking holes in the system of like when you pay by, pay by card and then sign the thing. And he was like, look, this is not a good system. No one knows what my previous signature looks like. So he would start like, first he he just signed the wrong signature, like a yeah. different one. No one said anything. So then he started signing someone else's name, still nothing. So then he started writing in capital letters, I do not authorize this transaction. <laughs> and so he said once he was pulled up on doing that and he was like, oh, well, that's, that's just how my signature looks. Like it might look like it says in capital letters. I don't authorize this transaction, but no, that's just that's just John Smith. How it in my hand in my writing. The because it used to be like if you hadn't signed your card, that was like, how dare you not sign? Oh, well, people used back, to like yeah. take the payment and then like look at it, look at your signature against the card, and it was like the the cashier's judgment of whether there was fraud going on or not. No, no one's got time even for that. Even for that highly. That's sensitive. what's wrong with society. We're, we've lost the cashier's judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I just trust Apple Pay. Place. Do, do you, you, you use Apple Pay, right, Yusuf? I think we, did. We uh, have this conversation the other day. I live on Apple Pay. It's yeah, it's my favourite. Was it with Chris who doesn't use Apple Pay? Yes, because he tried to pay for a meal by cash. That was it. Mask. <laughs> Oh, God. But yes, this was like last week, wasn't it, where we both said how much we, we use Apple Pay for close to everything. Like, I can't think of a thing that I'll buy in person where I don't just use my phone. Because the limit's like, unless you're in like Tesco and a few supermarkets where I think there is a max limit, which is like 60 quid or something, the limit is just whatever the limit of your bank is that you can transact in a single amount. I thought it was £300 or £360, but... I might be wrong. I think it's, well, we should test it. Shouldn't we? It's an expensive test. Let's go and get, uh, well, actually, no, because I suppose you can buy, 
but this is the in the Apple shop. You can buy a Mac with Apple Pay, but maybe that's an exception. They have special ring fence rules. Because <laughs> the, when you now it's Face ID, it feels I, I quite I used to quite like play, paying with my thumb. That felt very secure. Yeah. But now, like, because you know when there were what when there was the like a lot of the riot. Well, it happens I think in every riot I've seen, like every like mass communication now. It says make sure you've got. Um, Face ID turned off on your phone. Yeah, is that is that for theft reasons, or is there something else with that? What when there's riots going on? So like, if there's big groups of people, they'll say like, make sure you've got Face ID turned off. I feel like Alex knows why. Well, so I think that's for the protest. Well, no, I think it's so protesters can't be identified by police. I think that's the reason for that. I believe, uh, or is that like? Well, so if they take their phone off them and scan it, then they'd be able to see who they were on their phone. Well, no, no. As in like, well, well I don't know. Who's the advice for in this situation? I think it's, I've seen like... I like the, that Johnny... Like, <laughs> I like the idea that Johnny's just received a message <laughs> in the post. <laughs> Johnny, if you're at any, any of them, they're riots. Certainly when there was like, the, it, When there was the was Black Lives Matter riots in the US, like whatever yeah. that was like a year ago, um... There was social media posts that went obviously viral for lots of different reasons. And a lot of them had like how to like protest safely guidance on them. Yes. And yeah. One so of that the was points the was yeah. one of the points was turn face ID off. And I, I thought like, is there something like is there something I don't know about face ID? I assume like if no, someone it would be so that if police got violent or if police were trying to like track down protesters to prosecute them, um, then they won't be able to identify because you wouldn't have to take your mask off to use your phone. Whereas if you took your mask off, you're then identifiable and therefore by the court of law. So it's actually much simpler than that. So it's nothing to do with face ID. It's just so that you can open your phone. It will be so you're opening Yeah. So you can open your phone and so you don't have to reveal your face. But right. I would think I was makes it safer. Hoping you can be anonymous. I was hoping it was some really like technical, complicated reason involved in like if you know if you've got Face ID on in your on your phone, then like someone can somehow hack in and like take your the because I assume like your phone's your phone's got your face in it, hasn't it? Stored in what your face looks yeah. like, which is a bit weird. But what I was about to say was now when you buy things on like the yeah. Apple Store or uh, on the App Store, sorry, it's it just does that thing where it, or even when you buy something on Apple ID online. It just yeah. does the circle. So you like press by a couple of circles Ding. and you're like, oh, oh, that's it. I bought it. Like, I feel like there's not enough, there's it's not enough manual authorization. Because it's like, yes, you've bought by virtue of having a face. Whereas yeah. when you're paying with your thumb, it's like, no, I've put my thumb here. Like I, this isn't the thumb's resting position. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I imagine that is all intentional design to create as little friction as possible for you to spend money. Well, so there was a scam that was built off the back of that low friction thing, which was the... Uh, is it called Candy Crush? <laughs> it was the Ancestry app. And um, it used to be when you had the thumb thing. And when you select, like, yes, I want to download this app, um, it would set up, like, the pre-authorization for the payment to sign you up to, like, a £1,000 a month or £1,000 a week subscription um, just on the off chance that you happened to be resting on there. 
And there's other ones where they like they put an advert with a little cross, but the cross is right next to the like sign me up for million pound payment. So that quickly got taken off the app store. People be like, oh, no, I didn't mean to. Because <laughs> it's quite hard to get if you buy something on the app store. I think they're quite they're notorious for like not not refunding payments. Because they just get so many people who are like, my son bought three thousand gems on yeah. Minecraft, and it's cost <laughs> it's cost me the. Well, the username of that player is just the name of the person emailing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had we had a a refund request once actually from someone who claimed that his son had bought faster fat loss, and he didn't know why. But it had been like opened. We could see that it had been like accessed, and the person had been like clicking the emails and looking at the extra resources from the email that email address that had emailed asking for the refund. Like, would, yeah. would you not yeah. like your to support your son in <laughs> losing fat, or is it actually you? <laughs> well, the, the the guy who um, claimed that his cat downloaded um, some <laughs> X-rated child images. Wow, very specific, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking dirty cat. I suppose well, it's like it's maybe possible, isn't it? In like the the monkeys would type out the works of Shakespeare kind of scenario. Like if you left a cat with a laptop, <laughs> I like to say, <laughs> if you left a cat with a laptop, he'd eventually become a pedo. Eventually, yeah, it would download <laughs> illegal pornography. Maybe he is the one guy in this kind of infinitesimal roll of the dice that it's actually happened to him. Really unlucky, and he's yeah. just furious. You'd be you so just don't want. Cat very unlikely illegal things to happen to you by accident because no one will believe you yeah <laughs> exactly it um so we have some excellent questions from you guys on instagram and we have 40 minutes and 10 questions i think we'll do it. so the first question is from casper surensen who always asks a piece of medical trivia Today's question, I'm going to ask you guys first, is what is the shortest skeletal muscle? <laughs> is just, just so I'm clear before I, I don't want to walk into a stupid question here or I don't want to give a stupid answer. Is that the same as what is the shortest muscle? Yeah, excluding like your um, esophagus and your heart right. and things. Something oh, that, that was, that's where I was going straight away. Yes, yeah, no, that was. Thank goodness. Glad you defined that, Yusuf. Right, short, shortest muscle. It's got to be. Surely, it's like something in your finger or toe. So I, I was thinking, like, is it one of the, one of the muscles that contracts around your ear canal to quieten sounds? But, but apparently, it's the external urethral sphincter. Right. There you go. In a man, particularly, I think it's like three millimeters or something. So, can you can you explain in layman's terms, Yusuf, where where that muscle is? It's at the tip of the glands <laughs> of the penis. The very tip. The the. Do you know what? And what, what does, it, does do? it do? It's not. It's sorry. That that's actually anatomically wrong. It's um. It's closer to the shaft. And what does it do? It's the second point of defence to stop you weeing yourself. So you can't see it contracting or relaxing 
it's it's doing something internally yeah it's tiny so women don't have one men have the external and the internal women just have the internal which is why they're partly why they're more prone to weeing themselves is there something to be said for when men need to go to the toilet and need a wee they need to go to the wee they need to go to the wee and they need a wee more urgently and women can hold it for longer or is that just anecdotal probably anecdotal i i mean women's pain thresholds are higher so maybe it is just a case of like they can just grit and bear it more right that's fair it's really interesting seeing the period cramp simulator machines that you put on i and mean just guys just dying yeah <laughs> have you seen there's a video with matt does fitness and he's bought like i think it's a like a it's a it simulates giving birth it's and his wife these things exist like they're yeah. in production well, he, he is in, ag like, agony at half the max contraction. I, I wonder whether part of that is because he's Matt Does Fitness and he's a very muscly guy. So if you make someone who has big abs contract their abs, like, electronically as hard as possible, it's probably more painful than if you just haven't got much muscle on you. That's a great point. Doctor Debunk's period cramp videos. <laughs> well, it's like the thing, I, I think you were telling me, you said this was a long time ago, that, like, the more... The more like weight training you've done, the more prone you are to like. I suppose your you know like muscles fatigue in like quicker. So for muscles, I, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. Oh, this was like, the um, on the spine. So yeah, but back pain. Yeah, that that was more related to like spinal endurance, and so Olympic lifters have cha have changed the the fiber type of their paraspinal muscles over time to become like very good at snatching and clean and jerk but it becomes less protective against back pain because they can't they're not they're no longer oxidative slow muscle right. fibers just but, explosively on or off yeah so there we go <laughs> external <laughs> urethral sphincter pre-workout opinions from Sehawiko. I think they are something that maybe you want to like deploy at a PB day just for the psychological gain more than like it being something that becomes part of the system that you have. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter. Maybe it's just part of the mental routine that you do to get yourself into the mindset to be able to push. But I think like it's more what allows you to more consistently return return to the gym then go for it that's sort of where where my my stance it is i feel like yusuf's got a very considered answer that he's just just, just pulling, to... pulling the longbow back <laughs> um i so i I, it, I think like the only one that i've ever so you know, you'll have pre-workouts that have like beta alanine in and you know things that give you like a physical sensation off the back of them so like people like it because they get a tingle they feel like it's doing something etc um but really it's like it's caffeine isn't it and a lot of them are, are very high in caffeine yeah um so i think the question is more like is caffeine a good idea um i think pre-training it definitely helps i have caffeine anyway so i don't and i also train generally later <laughs> in the day so it, it gen i generally don't have a pre-workout and i think it's quite easy to start relying on them because it becomes this thing of like well if i then tr if, can i then train properly without a pre-workout 
And what happens if I don't have my pre-workout? What happens if I have to train at 8 p.m.? Am I going to have a bad session because I can't have caffeine? Um, I I personally steer clear of them. Don't have anything. Just have water when I train. <laughs> Controversially. Yeah. I think we all, we've all tried the original recipe, Jack 3D, which was like a proper turbo boost. Yeah. Um, but it's very much like that. It's the NOS booster on your car, isn't it? So you can deploy it, but it's going to use up a lot more petrol very quickly and um then you're going to have to like recover harder as well and it's going to be then harder to sleep that night and and that and so it just takes big scoops out of your recovery capacity and you do start to see as johnny described the kind of tolerance effects that people get especially that you get the kind of bro character that will just take like you know you always we always know one absolute mad lad who just takes pre-workout every time like yeah, if they're just going for a walk, like they'll have a pre-workout, and you just feel like they've just got to be fried, like constantly. Yeah, I feel the same way about like pre psych up. Like, I think you've got to be very careful with you know if every rep and every set you're doing, every sessions like there's a lot of build up, there's a lot of psych up, and you're having a really a lot of emotional hype to it. Yeah, like I think most sessions should just be fairly emotionally neutral. Like yeah, it's difficult, but it, like it's difficult regardless. Like it, being hyped up doesn't make it less difficult. It just changes your subjective experience of it. It's still just the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> you've got true. To do. yeah. Well, there's there's all those memes of like people getting hyped up for like a set of calf raises and <laughs> <laughs> everything else. Yeah. Harrison dreams of mantis. Mantles says, "Why not Ernie?" <laughs> I, think I think that's for you. Yeah, so this is when I um, was inviting questions and I was wearing a, a hoodie with Bert's face on it and it's the same face that you can see behind me if you're watching this. So Bert is just my spirit animal and I try to make sure he's featured in every every piece of content that we do. What, what's, what's really the reason? Because I, I, I remember you telling me about the big Bert picture. And I thought you were joking. <laughs> when you moved into the house, you're like, I'm going to get a big bird picture. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good one. Moved, moved on to the next conversation. And then when we had a video call, you ha actually had a big bird picture. Why, why did you pick the big bird picture? It's a good question. I, I think it's a decision that's been made from my heart rather than my head. It's just, <laughs> you just find yourself drawn to it. Um, Bert was used to be very popular on the bodybuilding.com forums years ago. Um, yeah. I think whenever anyone put up a progress picture, they would put Bert as their face and that, that became a thing. Um, so maybe it's subconsciously influenced by that as well. I'm sure it is. I think the more, the more I look at it, it is a bit, it's a bit disturbing a little bit. It's the pupils are just, yeah, it looks bad as well. Dilate, maybe Bert's taken some pre-workout. Yeah. It's taken something, definitely. Yeah, full of joy, isn't he? It's so, a good pattern interrupt. Like it's a, it's something that I think. It's ne you'd never expect it. It's it's great because I've I've like presented at medical conferences from home, with Bert in the background, <laughs> sat in a shirt. Because <laughs> it's just it's the thing that everyone can see. And everyone's wondering, but no one wants to ask the question. It's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Does anybody ask? No. 
That's that's brilliant. <laughs> you <laughs> just got to fully fully own it, don't you? Because there'll, there'll be people going like, glasses on it. Is that the character from Sesame Street? Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. Which Sesame Street character do you think is anatomically most suited for powerlifting? Oh well, I mean, Big Bird's got a low centre of gravity. Short arms, though. <laughs> Good bencher. Who's who's got the? Um, is it Grouch that's got really long arms? The one in the bin. I guess. Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Big Strong Bird. Just pulling up the options. Kermit's Big Bird's got long arms head. as well. Huge head. Cookie Monster. He's got, a, Cookie he's, Monster. Got, he's got a good calorie surplus. <laughs> Quite lean, though, Cookie Monster. Yeah, he is, actually. Surprisingly so, considering <laughs> the role. Big Has Big Bird not got long arms? Well, Big Bird doesn't have any arms. Oh, I don't yeah, true. Wings. It's a bird, isn't it? Which, you know which would probably affect the, uh, the ability to lift. I'm going to ask Wolfram Alpha... This is going to be going to test it. Which Sesame Street character has the longest arms? Is this a an AI driven bot? Yeah, it usually is pretty good. Oh no, it's just. I so I think the count because it would just count out reps, and I'd really enjoy that. <laughs> One deadlift. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> I, I really feel like my great. Sesame Street knowledge isn't great. I feel like you two have pretty solid Sesame Street knowledge. Did you never used to watch it? Yeah, but not like clearly compliments today with enough attention. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's probably still going, isn't it? I'd I'd love to see what the stock price has done. I don't. <laughs> you think it's a listed business? But uh, is is CBS Elmo? What is maybe? I anyway, mean, next question. We've only got 40 minutes. True. Speaking of, of stock prices, someone has asked, price. can you do trading stocks 101? Um, before recording this, we decided, I think this is best for a separate, much more prepared episode. So it's on the list and it will get done. It's coming. Where are you guys from? From Lovelace Bend. You're from... Uh... Which uh, which hospital are you born in? So? Oh, the, <laughs> the Afghanistan General Hospital. <laughs> but you weren't really. We're both from Newcastle. Newcastle? Newcastle. Oh, no, sorry, not Afghanistan. It was Islamabad General Hospital. That was it. That was it. Because I said Islamabad. I, I am from Worthing, England. Worthing. Yeah. There that's like the the stereotype um in a brit like the the british cameo appearance in an american sitcom you've got someone who's hello i'm an englishman and i'm from worthing, <laughs> from like worthing. place it's a seaside town in in sussex england west, great, yeah. west sussex good situated <laughs> at the foot of the south downs 10 miles west of brighton 18 miles east of chichester do you know those two sites? I, I, well, I didn't know the exact mileage, but I know those two places. Do you know, my area? Do you know 
how many kilometers squared it is? I'm going to go with the kilometers squared. Um, I think you ought, you ought to know this really, Alex, if you're saying you're from that. I guess so. Uh, population, 75,000. So I don't have that information to hand. Uh, I also don't know if that's true. That could have, I don't know if that includes the outer bars. Oh, wow. It's changed <laughs> since an influx. Populations do that, don't they? Buying stocks in Worthing. It's 32 kilometers squared. It's home to the English Green Bowls Association, or at least it was last time I was there. Because, you know, that tells you a bit about the city. Notable people born. There's not too much going on in Worthing. Oh, necessary. I'm going to write anything. So do you think, Alex, that recently it was 70,000 ish? Is that what you're saying? It depends what you count in as Worthing, because there's like areas of like, there's like Ferring, Goring, which technically count as Worthing, depending on who you ask. So it was 77,000 back in 1961. I've got the ONS projections for population growth here. So. <laughs> You want well, to that must be by 2031, it's going to be about 120,000. Oh, so not too you much. I don't know really. anything about Worthing. I mean, man, Alex thinks he knows stuff, but is is the top is the top workout step and your your US internet, Alex, is is a bit choppy. I'm afraid. So we did we didn't hear all of that. I am, I am so sorry. That's okay. Don't worry, we can move on to the next question. It's, it wasn't relevant. Hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, the Propane Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. You just have to go to propanefitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. <laughs> What's the next question, you sir? So Omar Mbarechi says... When will we see you single leg hopping on a beach with a tight swimsuit on? This is obviously directed at Alex. <laughs> I think um, that, that'll be in reference to the stuff we were saying about um, influencers that do workouts that clearly are just made up on the spot and yes. not how they've trained for years. I mean, well, it's interesting though, because like, what would you choose to do at maintenance, would you be doing a lot of flibbly libblies, Yusuf? Yeah, is I think that kind so. of where your wheelhouse would go? If the if someone was like, you're not allowed to change your body composition, you just have to turn up and do some activity. It would be flibblies. Do you think that would maintain your body composition? It's, I suppose it's a very abstract uh, constraint, isn't it? It's like 
you're not allowed to eat a calorie surplus or deficit. You just got to, and, and your body will stay the same. But do you don't think you would lose any muscle mass if all you did was gymnastics? Oh, no, I think I would. Yeah. All oh, right, you would. Right. Do you? Uh, gymnasts are pretty chunky fellas. They are, but I suppose like the the threshold for yeah, they, they are pretty chunky fellas. I suppose like that's if you go like full gymnast, Profes- like professional gymnast. Yeah, like like that's team fair. gymnastics training. Then yeah, you're gonna you're probably gonna most people will gain some muscle there, unless you're a bodybuilder where like the amount of volume you you need to maintain your muscle is pretty high. I would just do like upper body like th- three uh, three sets of 12 on like upper body machine based movements i can think of like i i can't imagine a situation where i would experience any emotional resistance towards that session at all That's just nice piece of chest press like some nice like sort of machine rows that are like on a on a like a nice plane you feel your lat contract and some pull downs do maybe a bit of incline pressing and you just go home it's just a nice day out, isn't it? I sometimes see people going for a jog. I don't know whether either, either of you take, get this. Often when I'm like teeing up, like I know like later I've got like three by five at an RP9 deadlift or something. God, that's going to like, be... Br- There's no way where that's not at a nine. So it's going to be awful. Yeah. And then I see someone jogging for their training and I think like sometimes I wish I could just go for like a 20 minute jog and that's my training. Because there you are in like a, a cold garage with 300 on the bar and you're just thinking, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I mean, running's equally difficult. Just It's just less. I find running so much harder, like mentally. It's a game I really struggle with. It's less like overwhelming though, isn't it? It, it creeps up on you like the end of a run's not very nice but for the, the middle bit and the beginning of a run's okay and you set how hard it is because you just go, go slowly then it's easier whereas if the weight has to go from here to here you can't make that easier that is as hard as it is yeah well that's i mean I, i'm slowly starting to to feel the wrath of mike Isratel at the minute <laughs> like you know, when when you've just done three sets of 10 front squats and then you're like Oh, I've got hack squats now. Oh, and then I've got four sets of hamstring curls. Oh, and then I've got calf raises, and you, you're just wobbling around on your yeah. really painfully pumped legs. Like, are you not just like wiped? Like doms are so bad for days that it's it's like you, you can't function. Yeah, there's been. A, I'm still gauging the the right volume, but I've had a couple of days where I've really overdone it, and you're yeah. just like, oh, wait, stings. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, watch this space as well. Um, ACAS66 has asked, where's the video on BIA? Banks in America. BIA. We're going to have to look this up. Sounds like it. Body uh, mass indicator analysis. Biotech. British indoor athletics. American rapper. (laughs) Business improvement area. Bureau of Indian Affairs. Business impact analysis. No, no, this is it. The video on BIA. AB in arms. Well, a business impact analysis is probably what it was called. Nah. He's going to respond and it'll be something really obvious. And we'll Board just like, of Immigration oh. Appeals. Must be that. Burned in address. Well, I am. Oh, no, bioelectric impedance. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Well, that that's that's a shame because I was actually preparing a video on the Bureau of Indian Affairs. <laughs> BIA <laughs> is bioelectrical impedance. Yeah. Analysis. Ah. Okay. Fine. So I'll I, w- I will add that to the list, and you'll know all about Indian Affairs and the, re- the relevant bureaus associated with it. Very it's not soon. the Buses International Association, just to be clear. <laughs> That's my video. That's it's, what I'm coming out with. We're going to do three independent podcasts on BIA. All I'm different- going to do one on bulk inversion asymmetry. <laughs> Is that when you, you're upside down, but you've got one bicep bigger than the other? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you should do the video. It sounds like you know quite a bit. I'll, I'll do the one on bomb impact, and, uh, bomb impact assessment. Oh. Which I know nothing about. Alex, you could do Beef Improvement Association. <laughs> beef and buses, that's me. Beef Improvement Association is a real thing. This is just a lit. I just typed in BIA acronym and it's given I mean, me a full... Thank God for, for people that have dedicated their lives to improving beef. The improvement of beef. Oh. I think they pretty are... much everything these days has a very deep niche world behind it. Like there'll be a subreddit for most things, won't there? There's just so many people in the world, isn't there? That luckily Lots. there's like a little club for everything. But love something. So, Lil Mac Daddy asks us: Would you rather use someone else's used toothbrush or their used underwear? <laughs> That's tricky. Is it so? It's it's a at random person. Okay, so does it does it differ for you depending on the person? <laughs> Well, yeah, if you know something about someone's dental hygiene or underwear hygiene, then you could say something about what you'd prefer. Or their like their STI status, I suppose. Like, I know that most STIs are supposed to be transmitted sexually, but you've got like, I think there's just no peer reviewed data on wearing someone else's underwear. You've, You've got to assume it probably transmits some degree. Well, I think the, the sort of person who would wear someone's used underwear is probably also the sort of person who like, might have caught an STI at some point. Interesting. I'm making a, a big assumption there, but I bet That's I'm... a hot take. <laughs> I bet I'm broadly right. Well, No one's got any data on it anyway, so they can't prove me wrong. Yeah. And there's a whole <laughs> underworld of um, people just selling that, like the, the market for selling used underwear like on eBay and um, Marketplace and stuff. And you just think like that could be a way to scale to six figures pretty quickly. (laughs) Like just get, if you bulk buy underwear, wear one set a day or two a day even, and just ship them off. But then you might need to hire a team to... What are you selling them at? So they're not that expensive anymore. I think the, the market's just become flooded. So we need from you, Yusuf, we need about £270 of daily revenue if you want to hit six figures, which is, I'm, I'm with you, like, we're going to help you do it, we're going to get there, but you need to make £270 of used underwear sales daily. That's 10 pieces of underwear, isn't it? So so you need to be producing more than you're selling, ideally, because you want a bit of buffer, because you might have What's a day. Inventory, some, some specific needs as well. Yeah, you need like a menu, don't you? You can't just have one. So- Although, so back to the would you rather... The underwear is profit. There's not a big used toothbrush market. So as an asset... Uh, yeah, that's true. 
I see what you're saying. But the, but that wearing them aside, like you can wear your own underwear, can't you? You can use someone else's toothbrush and wear your own underwear and still sell the underwear. Yes. <laughs> it's true, yeah, you're not really up more. Like it doesn't have to like, be someone else. You have an extra underwear. pair of underwear, but you might also have an infection of a sexually transmitted nature. <laughs> so for me, it's the the infection is the the concerning part. What's the worst thing you could get from someone else's toothbrush? I almost don't even want to hear this. Leprosy. Leprosy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Some kind of hepatitis, I'm, or I'm, I don't know about hepatitis, but I'm I'm like I'm sifting through all that. I suppose like there might be traces of blood because when you're irritating gums you're going to have mm. little bits of blood the a dentist told me that um one of the reasons that like so when you floss you introduce a little amount of bacteremia of bacteria in your blood um which produces a like low-grade inflammatory response and then gets back to normal again so you, you could argue that like there's bits of bodily fluids you're putting it into your blood maybe it's worse like i still wouldn't you know if someone if there's a bit of syphilis on someone's toothbrush you're still taking a chance aren't you <laughs> what everyone's hearing here is like the inner the inner workings of how you make decisions it's a prime example of like the more you understand the worse things can be to, to be honest though like I feel like I'm out of my depth here. I'd, I'd have to call the microbiology reg and just be like, hi, can I just ask for a bit of advice? I just need to... He's gone. Alex has disappeared. He's been offended by the... <laughs> <laughs> by the topic. So... So I think I'd pick... I think I'd pick underwear. Okay. I think because of the reason that it's not going in me. It's far away from you, isn't it? Well, it's not far away from me. It's on me, but it's not in well, me. As long as the shortest skeletal muscle in your body is strong enough. To protect me. Yeah. Just squeeze it really hard and then... And I feel like it... It's, it's interesting how you're not worried about something going up your bum. You just feel like that won't happen. It's a long way, isn't it? But has it not got all the muscles to to suck suck stuff up? Reverse, what is it? Reverse, Reverse peristalsis. <laughs> <laughs> Suck up all the infection. <laughs> Just eating up all the the skid marks. In, yeah, yeah. Yum. Goodness me. Yum yum yum. So fine underwear. I'll 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 maybe join you on underwear. Yeah. Page powerlift. We'll together if you want. Fine. Um, best way to recover or recomp after lockdown induced poor training and diet. Man, story of my life, Tom. I feel like the answer is just slowly introduce training and be sensible. Yeah, I, to, to be honest, I think the main the main thing is not getting injured when you dive back into training. Um, and if you can, if you can do that, I think give it a month of just eating as you do, seeing what happens to your body composition. Like, I certainly find myself get a bit leaner, even though I was eating maintenance plus or slight surplus. I think just because you you just sudden new stimulus having not trained in a while and then decide six weeks later like okay am I happy with how lean I am or do I want to do a dedicated cut or 
or just continue with with slowly massing so i think everyone's all, everyone's had the experience of like doing a like adding a new exercise in or increasing your training volume or adding an extra day per week or something like that and having a huge surge in doms and a recovery impact and it's like if you imagine your systems are optimized for a certain level of stress in a week normally so like since you started training to now you've been able to handle x thousand kilos of, of volume a week and that's been your normal if that's fallen to zero and you've been adapting to zero and maintaining at that state for however long and then you suddenly add back in the same volume as you were doing previously there's a huge demand on so many things and it's just not really even if you kind of take all of the like how do you design a training program out out of it for a second and think like what's the logical way of doing this just i would take like a fifth or or less than that of what you were previously doing and just add progressively until you're back up to normal don't expect progress for a couple of months i would say and if you're making, I mean, or, or just, yeah, reset your expectation for what is progress. Like mm -hmm. suddenly all your PBs are zero again. Yeah. Brilliant. Then yeah. you're making progress every week. And well, a PB is like three gym sessions in a week. You know, it's the process of, oh, I trained three times this week. That's a huge progress from last week. Yeah. Exactly. But you've, you're going through this, right? Yeah. And the, the numbers always come up very quickly, but I, it, it's almost like, um, you know, your, your connective tissue and stuff is like a bit angry at you, despite the numbers still being high. So I can really see how a steroid user could tear a peck. Because if you're suddenly just like, oh, well, these weights feel light, like, why should I hold back? Yeah. And then Ryan Crowley happens. Ryan Crowley. He was the guy who had the famous peck tear last the couple bike. of weeks. Yeah. On the incline bench. Yeah. That was so bad. Yeah, minging. Horrendous. Ryan. The thing I feel for that is like, that's, that's an injury that's, I don't know what the recovery timeline is for that, but I imagine six months at least. So he retore it slightly because um, he was just diving back in. I think he's been slated a little bit. Some people have said he like, Based on his previous numbers, he was just trying stuff that was really a bit um, out of his own out of his own, out of his own depth. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I, I mean, sorry, I I think that's like a almost the argument against pre workout. That's right, is that it it or, or even like the hype up is it doesn't allow you to emotionally regulate if your ego or if your like hype becomes so intimately connected to the workout. I think it can. It often opens the doors up to behaviors like that where you're like oh fuck let's go beast mode yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like all that stuff makes for great tv makes for great kind of instagram stuff of like go hard or go home tra train insane or remain the same all this kind of stuff and it's like at the end of the day just turning up and doing the boring stuff and just staying a you know a few kilos away from your absolute like eyeball busting max probably a good idea if you want to get strong long term yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's literally no reason to, it's going to be slower than you want it to be. And even if you think, oh, this is going to be slower than I want it to be, it's still going to be slower than that. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of progress. And, but then it's like, you know, it's, it's the old tortoise. I always like to say, there's a story I, I, you know, I came up with as a tortoise, right? <laughs> there's this hare. 
and his hair did some roids and tore a peck. And the tortoise was like, nah, I'm just going to do compounds for five years. I'm just going to gradually increase progressively. And then the tortoise was jacked. Seven or an eight. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's the whole thing about like a, the stress stimulus ratio of an exercise too, isn't it? Like, and, and actually this leads us on to the final question by Mauro Eastbourne, one of the greats, one of the the old timers. Oh, so he says, gyms are closed since first November. Should I start really conservative when they open? I guess there was your answer, Mauro. Reset your PBs and just treat everything as a success. I, like four weeks ago, injured my adductor on a set of deadlifts. And it was very, a lot of the injuries I've had have been like, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, rep, gone. Like something just goes at the, usually the point where you, you're really starting to take the weight. So like with a bench, it might be sort of the driving portion or the, the bottom of a squat or something like that. And I think the hardest part of, of training is thinking, I probably shouldn't do this set. Like something doesn't feel quite right or something feels a bit off. And instead of seeing every, like every session is an opportunity where you might get injured basically. So if you every time you're pushing slightly beyond, if you're, I think there was, I read this study about how, the percentage of people who were injured during warm-up sets is insane. Really? And it's if, like, if you think about it, like when are you least focused during training? It's like, yeah. while you're just messing around, warming up, chatting to friends, and then suddenly up, oh, throwing something out of my back or What's if you move shoulder furniture or something too? Like you're not really yeah. like focusing on your form you're just like when you're not braced yeah so like uh, especially when you're just reintroducing seeing every session as like if i'm not like the worst thing that could happen is i just get back into the rhythm i go way too hard and then i injure myself and i'm back out i can't train again for another three months it, yeah so, it's, it's such a big step back like it's not it's never worth the 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 extra no. like extra few kilos on the bar um i think probably 70 or 80 percent of the times that i've been injured i felt mm that feeling beforehand of like oh i shouldn't really do this but it's horrible isn't it yeah like it's it's quite a good predictor isn't it of like you really shouldn't have um but then i suppose the other argument is what about all the times you did feel like that and then didn't get injured and should you always hold back on if you feel i i I am much more in that second camp because i think it's it's so much about being able to turn up the best ability is availability. That's a that's an American football phrase that's often banded about. Um, <laughs> so but no, like uh, I think it's because it's well. So for example, the other day I had a session with squats where I literally backed off forty pounds, like twenty kilos, because I was like, there is no way. Like I could have been like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna do this, but there's like I was just like, there's no way, and I'm so glad that I did that. And like because my DOMS for four days afterwards was so aggressive, <laughs> like even though I'd gone you know down 20 kilos or whatever and it's like i just think that's i think especially you know i'm not as strong as you or johnny and i think you two are throwing around weights that like makes sense in in all angles does does that make sense i think there's a certain level at which you need to be more and more conservative where like because if for example say it's a squat and you like the angle of your knee is slightly off or there's you know there's something that puts too much stress on a, on a smaller muscle i think yeah. the the lev- the weight is so heavy that it can do some serious damage for sure. so i think there's like even more so for you i would be more careful 
and this is not about like oh you know you shouldn't shouldn't try for greatness and all this stuff because you you look at some of the top powerlifters and when they're going for a, a competition pb sometimes it doesn't look like they're struggling there's no form breakdown and it's because they they know that the kind of the danger zone of percentage of your max is just not it's not worth it even in competition <clears throat> yeah well it ends up just being like a case of you you kind of especially that some of the weights that like the top powerlifters in the world lift like owen hubbard's a great example like you'll see him miss a lift go like walk off the platform come back on the platform and then do it easily and it's all just the, the 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 millimeters of exactly where his hips were and where his knees were and where the bar was on his back these things have to line up perfectly and that's almost like a concentration thing which again just leads back to pre-workout psych up and all these things create this environment where you just it's messy and you hurt yourself if you're getting like slapped and yeah. like sniffing a ammonia and then you're coming on and you're a bit shaky and a bit disoriented like and how do you, you expect to keep your mind feet are like this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this <laughs> feet, feet are like that and then you're like how do I how do I keep a straight line coming up yeah. in the squat or... and then you hit your knee and you wonder why yeah horrible <laughs> so, so all the questions for all the questions by the way if you have any questions for us that you want to send by voice message if that's your preferred medium then go to propane-business.com and click on the top bar there is a ask us anything and you can literally record us a message as long as you're happy for us to play it on the podcast if you're not just say on the message we'll put auto-tune on it if you... we will auto-tune you and uh, it'll be great it will be great <laughs> this has been great we're desperate for one aren't we I think we'd all like it. People send loads of loads of like DM questions, email questions. Sometimes you get letters, don't you, Johnny? Letters. It's very frequent, actually. I actually have a letter just to leave you with this thought. I had a, a someone put something through the door two days ago, which was a photocopy of a handwritten letter. This is basically like an outreach strategy. <laughs> it was a photocopy of a handwritten letter. And you think like, why have you not just like, uh, anyway, it, it basically saying, are you thinking of selling your house? Cause I'd like to buy a house. And I just thought like of the things that, of the things I've received through the letterbox, that's the strangest. There's so many things about it. It was all, it was written almost like a sales letter. It was written with like backstory, pain point, pain point, like why we'd like to move to like this part of, of where you are and, and all oh, sorts of stuff like please and you know and then like my, my family and all these sorts of things but it was initially i was like oh my god it's a handwritten letter that someone's just written to us and then you realize that it's actually on a piece of like someone's like folded the cardboard and then ripped it and then yeah. put loads of those through a printer and photocopied the handwritten letter and just blasted it through everyone's door so it's not some like advanced nlp thing where it's i don't like know well, I mean, it might be. If you do it handwritten, it's seen as more <laughs> Johnny's Johnny in two weeks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm living in a different house. <laughs> but sorry about any background noise. I'm moving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should I? I should just respond and say, like, for twice the price, you can have it. But that's, maybe that's, that's negotiation one hundred and one. It's worth a moonshot, isn't it? Like, I think a lot of people if you know even if they're not willing to sell their house they're not looking to move 
if you offered them twice the market rate for their house, like many people would be like, oh, all right then. Bit of, bit <laughs> pain, on, but... I just didn't, it's just one of the markets that just like doesn't really work like that. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's this, it's a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market. Like someone has to be- Triggers a buying decision. Yeah. Like there has to be something to sell before you can buy it. In most cases. Yeah. And you and you're thinking, I wouldn't do that. What like I'm I'm very keen to hear from anyone who if someone came to your door and offered you twice the market rate for your house and you I think most people no. would say yes. Sorry? I think most people would say yes. Most I, I'm interested in the people that would say no and why they wouldn't. Because that is a a fascinating situation. Well I think you've got to wonder like why someone wants to pay twice. That's it's such a large leap in like it's like maybe it's maybe it's the foundations of the house are an oil well or like i think you'd want to do some some you'd, some you'd check. get a survey straight away wouldn't you you'd be yeah, like like mm. i'm missing something here i need to check something like what do they think is worth twice the price so i'd uh, want to see proof of funds <laughs> so you'd immediately be suspicious well i think you've got to be haven't you yeah i think it'd be odd to not be suspicious i'd be suspicious of the person who wasn't suspicious <laughs> Because that then makes you think there's something wrong with the house as well. As the person offering twice, knocking the door, hello, I'd like to offer you twice the value of your house. And for someone to just go, oh yeah, definitely. You'd be like, hmm, is there something wrong with the house? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So on that so I'll let you know if I get a follow-up. I'm, I'm hoping I get like another one saying like, hey, I just, I, I try and connect to the, the podcast today. Um, like I saw, <laughs> saw you lived on the street. I just, it's great to connect. Are you interested in selling your house? <laughs> Are you interested in setting up a wine e-commerce business? And follow this. Follow this link. Copy this link. I've written down here in handwriting into your browser. Yeah, yeah. Right. Been lovely. See you later. See, See you later. later. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode. So we have an opportunity for you, something that we have put together that is totally free, that is a synthesis of everything that Yusuf and I have learned in fat loss, muscle gain, nutrition, training, lifestyle, habits, the works. Everything that you hear on these podcasts, condensed and more, condensed into a synthesis of seven days of learning and immersive experience to totally overhaul, enhance and accelerate the results you're getting currently in your training and your nutrition, no matter how advanced you are or aren't. We put together a virtual learning interactive coaching experience called the seven day kickstart that you can take part in whenever you're ready to. To join, simply go propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart, enter your details and you'll be sent everything that you need. You'll be coached by the Propin Fitness coaching team over seven days for free. You'll get seven days of content sent to your email completely for free. And it gives you a look behind the scenes of what we do with clients and gives you a ton of information that previously was only available to paying clients inside of our world. So propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart to take part and we hope to see you inside. See you in the next episode. Speak soon.